ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hey Norman, when was your last shot? It's a really interesting question and I really need to go into my government, my health record to find that out. But it's, it was late-ish last year, but I've had COVID since. So I've been waiting for the six months, which is six months is just about up. So I'm planning to go this week, in fact, to have my two arms needled, one with flu and one with um, a coronavirus, a COVID-19 booster. That's the spirit. I got my flu shot a week or so ago. I had my COVID shot in March. So I'm, I feel like I'm coming into the winter as well prepared as I can be at this stage. You're topped up. <laughs> well, let's get into Coronacast, a show all about the coronavirus, sometimes some other nasties as well. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor coming to you from Jagera and Turrbal Land. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan coming to you from Gadigal Land. And it's Wednesday, the 24th of May, 2023. Norman, we spent so much time talking about vaccination over the last few years, but much like vaccination rates themselves, our chat about it has dropped off a little. And that's a bit of a problem. We're heading into winter. It's been a while for some people since they last saw a needle with a COVID vaccine in it. So bring us up to speed on what the current vaccination numbers are in Australia and why we should still be talking about it. So why we still need to talk about it is that we're under-immunised. 1,300 people are in hospital in New South Wales, for example. So that's well over. It's like 1.3 of a large teaching hospital taken up in New South Wales. It's about 300-odd in Victoria, 200-odd in Western Australia and Queensland. It means a large numbers of people taking up hospital beds that need to be taken up by others for other stuff that are potentially avoidable. And also it's the impact on those people. And there's anything up to a 6% mortality rate if you end up in hospital. So this is serious and there's a wave going on right now. So we think in terms of what we're seeing with hospitalizations. And when you look at the government data on immunization that they released a few days ago, there are 2.8 million Australians over the age of 65 who haven't had a vaccination in the last six months. 3.8 8 million, 50 to 64, 6.4 million, you get the story, 30 to 49, 18 to 29 group, 3.6 million. So that's millions of Australians who haven't had a vaccine in the last six months. Those are dramatic figures. Earlier in the piece, we were, you know, cast your mind back, if you will, 2021 and on onwards, we were talking about numbers of doses. You had to have your first two doses and then they were like, actually, no, have the third dose. That's what you need to be fully vaccinated. And then since then, there's been additional doses added. We've shifted, haven't we? We're not really talking about dose number anymore. You're talking about six months. Why? Because it just gets too confusing. And we'll hear later on in the show about just what the decline is between boosters. And it almost doesn't matter how many shots you've had. It's really the time since the last time you got infected with COVID or the last time you had a vaccine. And that's the caveat. If I come back to those millions of people who haven't had a vaccine in the last six months, it hides something else, which is, have they actually had COVID-19 during that time? And they're just waiting the six months before they have the booster. Now, there's no question that people are not getting the booster shots that they should be getting when they qualify for it. But within those millions, there are people who say, well, that's what I've been told. And I had COVID three weeks ago, so I'm waiting another six months. So those figures are artificially raised when you've got some immunity from COVID-19. Now, the question for a TAGI is... Is it even more complicated to say you've got to wait since your last COVID infection? Um, should you just be saying that if it's more than six months since your vaccine, have another vaccine shot? And I don't know what the science 
really tells you about that. I'm not sure we've got strong science behind that. But it's got to be simple. And the simple story is forget how many shots you've had. Is it six months since your last COVID shot um, or COVID-19 infection? If it is more than six months, have it. So you're talking about every six months. Does that mean we're not really talking at all about your, your dose number these days? What ATAGI, the advisory group on immunisation, is saying, this is for your 2023 COVID-19 vaccine. They're really getting around to the fact that probably we're going to end up with annual immunisations. So for a dose of the vaccine in 2023, the rules are six months since your last COVID infection or vaccine. And if it's been six months or more, then have your 2023 dose. If it's less than six months, wait for your 2023 dose to is six months. And I assume then towards the end of this year, they're going to come out with their policy for 2024, assuming that the variant doesn't change that much. Well, let's talk in more detail about the value of vaccination at all. And it won't just be you and me yarning this time, Norman, because we've got someone who's actually been looking at the data, some really big data sets. It's Associate Professor Betty Liu from the National Centre for Immunisation Research and Surveillance. She's also affiliated with UNSW, and she's been looking at some really big numbers of older Australians. Yeah, it's almost unique research in Australia in any field where they've managed to link the data from a lot of different sources so that you could actually follow what happened to about 3.8 million people aged over 65 as they had their booster shots or not, as the case may be, in 2022, divided into two six-month periods. Betty, you've been taking a really broad view of vaccination and what it does, especially in older Australians. We've done this study um, that um, is essentially following 3.8 million Australian adults um, who are age 65 and above throughout pretty much most of 2022 and following them to see whether um, people have died from uh, coronavirus and looking at that rate of death according to people's vaccination status. So whether they've been vaccinated or not, number of vaccine doses and the time since they received the vaccines. And I mean, it's a technical detail, but this is almost unprecedented in Australian research where you've managed to link data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics and vaccination data and so on. Often you're not allowed to do that, but you've brought every bit of data you can gather to the task. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really, it's very, very exciting, really. Um, uh, As you said, Norman, it's the first time that we've been able to do this nationally and um, it's really important to be able to bring together that data because it's incredibly powerful for for enabling us to really evaluate the vaccine program um, and really look in quite a bit of detail at how effective the vaccines have been. Okay, so let's get down to the findings. You split the last year into two six-month periods, January to May, where it was largely BA1 and BA2 in the Omicron family. What did you find in terms of people who'd had the third dose versus who people who'd had the second dose, but it was over six months since they'd had the second dose? What were the findings there for that six-month period last year? Yeah, so at the beginning of last year, we found that people who had recently had their COVID booster, um, the third dose, and by recent I mean having had uh, the dose in the last three months, they were 93% less likely than people who were unvaccinated to die from COVID. So that's, you know, a really big reduction in risk. And then we found for 
people who had been longer since they'd received that third dose, so more than six months that there was waning of the vaccine effect. And so um, their reduction in risk was about 63%, which is still good, but not as high, obviously, as the 93%. And if they hadn't had their second dose, within, if it were more than six months since their second dose, it was down to 34%. That's correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's a huge benefit in people you know, getting that booster in that time period. What did it look like for the second six months of the year, June to November or so, where it was BA4 and 5, and largely it was the fourth dose you were comparing to the third dose in that study? That's right. So once again, we saw a similar pattern of the vaccine's effectiveness um, over that time period. So a recent booster really you know, improved people's protection um, against death. Um, and so for a recent third dose, it was 75%, and a recent fourth dose, it was 84%. But again, we saw that there was this waning of effectiveness. So if it had been more than six months since people received the vaccine or received their booster, the protection level was around 56%. Presumably even lower if they'd only had two doses and not even had the third dose. Yes, yeah. There were quite few people, obviously, who were getting recent two doses, but it was just, well, just around 50% for people who'd had two doses more than six months ago. So what does this mean for vaccine policy going forward? Do we reach a tipping point at some stage where are we having annual doses or is there diminishing returns at some stage? The important thing about sort of looking at the vaccine effectiveness over this time period, so looking through the whole year, we really have Australia sort of transitioning from this country that had, you know, um, very little experience of infection because we'd kept our borders shut and, um, you know, so there were, you know, smaller outbreaks relative to what was going on around the world. And then once we opened our borders and essentially we had a lot more infection, we went from the beginning of 2022 where there were few people to almost the end of 2022 when the majority of the population had actually experienced a COVID infection. And so what we see by looking at these time periods as well is that we can see that the apparent effectiveness of the vaccine seems to um, be coming down a little bit, but that's really probably because we're actually comparing vaccinated people with um, this unvaccinated group, but that they're also, that unvaccinated group is increasingly including people who have survived from a COVID infection. And so themselves, if they've survived, you know, have a layer of protection from having been exposed at that point. And so I think as we go on, the differences that we see, um, uh, the levels of protection that we see, if we keep with the same virus that we've actually got at the moment, the same variant, we will sort of see more of this sort of reduction or sort of narrowing of the, the difference in protection. And just to explain what you're seeing there is that on your second half of the year, the bottom number was actually higher than in the first half of the year, probably because of natural infection. Now, I want to come to, a, you know, just finally, a, an important statistic is number needed to treat. In other words, for example, if you're taking a cholesterol drug to prevent a heart attack, if you're at higher risk, it's maybe 11 or 15. To prevent hospitalisation and influenza, a, a, a jab is about 40. People have got to be immunised for one person to be saved serious disease. Your numbers for these boosters are 157 needed to be vaccinated in aged care to save a life and over 1,465 plus. 
And I noticed from the UK, their number needed to vaccinate for boosters for 60 to 69 year olds to prevent hospitalisation was 27,000. Are these valid numbers? I think we have to be really careful here in actually looking at what the comparison is. And so for our study, we were comparing that number needed to treat compares people who received a recent booster, a fourth dose, in fact, to those who had for whom it had been more than six months since they received their third dose. And so we're saying that for people who were in that situation more than six months since they'd received their third dose, for every person of, for essentially, you know, in aged care, for 157 who you boosted, um, you could prevent one death. And in the general population, that number is, you know, around 1,500. So I think some of the numbers, for example, for flu is looking at vaccinating compared with being unvaccinated entirely. And so if we were to do um, numbers that we were comparing, you know, boosting, a recent booster compared with being unvaccinated, it would be, in fact, I I suspect much better than the numbers that um, you quoted for flu, Norman. So is it a good deal? Yes, yes, I think it's... I think it's I think it's a very good deal. Um, you know, we know that COVID deaths are still, you know, uh, you know, still occurring at you know a high rate. You know, higher than um, flu rates, and um, you know the the vaccine protects you very well against death, and you know even a reduction in risk. You know, if you're talking about even a fifty percent reduction in risk, that's a great benefit when you're talking about an outcome like death. Betty, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Associate Professor Betty Liu from the National Centre for Immunisation Research and Surveillance and the School of Public Health and Community Medicine at UNSW. Norman, there were some really big numbers in there, but my takeaway really was that vaccination equals big check mark. Yes. The key message to take away from here is that when you do get your six-month booster, it's worth it because it takes you from maybe... 30 to 40 to 50% coverage for against death to 80 to 90%, even with the variants that are running this year. It'll be a little bit lower, but it's still there. And why would you not take that protection if you can get it? Absolutely. So have a look at your calendar if it's been more than six months since your last COVID encounter. Book a shot and also mark in your diary next Wednesday, which is when we'll be back in your feed again. See you then. 